not as together as we're going to be. Please feel free to move forward. You know that always makes us makes it easier, easier for us to have conversation. So welcome all. I'm Mary Wood for the San Francisco Ballet. It's my pleasure to welcome you here to the War Memorial Opera House for our Meet the Artist interview this evening. This is Friday, March 18th, and it's 2016. We are welcoming those of you who are here and will be seeing this evening's performance. We're also welcoming anyone who might be listening to a podcast on the internet at a future time. And I hope that many of you have discovered those podcasts and enjoy them for reviewing things that have happened and for catching up on things you've missed. Um, website is really loaded with good information and lots of video and um, um, text and description. And if you go to the dancers on the dancers pages and click on each face, you can um, oftentimes get video of the dancers. So I just like to push the website whenever I can. Uh, this evening, I do want to uh, call attention to a couple things you'll see um, in your program. Uh, the San Francisco Ballet Orchestra, as we know, is celebrating its 40th anniversary year, which is really special. And they're doing their very own live concert on March 25th, and that's next um, Friday evening in the Herbst Theater, which is just next door. Hope you'll plan on supporting them by going to that. And then you might be thinking ahead to the end of May and the San Francisco Ballet School Showcase, the annual showcase. You will be seeing students in this evening's performance. You've seen students throughout this season who are members of the school and they get to have their very own performance later in the season. And there's nothing like it. So I hope you all check those dates and make plans to see that. So now I'm um, just really eager. I'm very delighted to have in conversation this evening, Lauren Strongen. My pleasure, thank you. And Lauren is uh, new to the company this season. Lauren is a soloist, and I know you've had a chance to see her in all sorts of things, starting with Nutcracker, I'm sure. Yes. And so what I would like to do, we've always titled these things Meet the Artist, and I think it's a great way to get a little better acquainted with the dancer you're starting to see on the stage to know a little bit more about Lauren. So let's just dive into that. Tell us how you became a dancer and then maybe meandered your way to San Francisco Ballet. Um, well, actually, I started out um, here, in a way, I was born in Los Gatos, California, and my mother brought me to see the Nutcracker when I was three here, so that was my first experience and actually one of my earliest memories. Um, I just remember staying like at the edge of my seat and just being kind of astonished at this thing that I couldn't quite wrap my head around at the time, um, but my mom said that I just wouldn't stop dancing and begging to be part of it. So she finally put me in lessons. Um, and my family moved to Arizona when I was young. So I was in just a local ballet school there um, and was kind of doing the typical American, um, doing tap and jazz and ballet and 
um, lyrical and just kind of loving all forms of dance. Um, but I was, I think it was around nine and I kind of stopped growing a little bit. And so my doctor said, well, she's just dancing too much and she's gonna have to kind of cut back. And so at that, my, that point my mom kind of said, okay, you're gonna have to pick one. So I chose ballet. And at that point I kind of got more serious about it and um, auditioned for summer programs. And so when I was 11, I went to the Kirov Academy in DC for a summer program and was accepted into the year round program. So I went to boarding school then at 11. Um, That's almost the European version <laughs> of a dancer's, a dance yeah. student's career. Um, do you know just offhand, how long has the Kirov Academy had the Washington DC school? I believe it opened in the 90s. Um, so, so it's it was, achieving it was, some, a generation of dancers have yes. passed through. And all the teachers and staff, um, artistic staff, came from Russia mm -hmm. and were part of the Kirov. Um, so it did have a very kind of nostalgic feel to it. It was very traditional. Um, we had Russian language and, you know, we also had academics as well. So mm -hmm. everything was in-house and it did feel kind of like a European model of training. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I think that it, it was a really valuable experience for me. Difficult to be away from home, for sure. And, um, but I think that I was really serious from a young age about having a career. And I, mm -hmm. at the time, thought, well, I have to go to you know, the best school that I can go to mm -hmm. at the time. And so that was my choice. And thankfully, my family supported it. It must, do you have siblings? I have a younger brother. So that was really splitting your family. It was. It was, it was difficult. And I think in a funny way, um, I grew up with a single mom. And so it was really just the three of us. Um, and I think in a way, it almost it brought us closer because we had to make so much of the time we had together. And, you know, I think that those um, memories and those times together and kind of the sacrifice that all of us made for me to be able to do this was... Um, was a really important experience. How long is the uh, course of training then? And how, when would you, how old would you have been when you graduated? I, usually it's a six year program, um, but I went for four years. And then for my last two years, I decided to go to the John Krenko Schule in Stuttgart. Um, I kind of wanted a different experience and I wanted to kind of, um, I wanted to live in Europe. I wanted to have more exposure to contemporary dance. And um, I think it helped that I had a friend that had been in the school and it had, you know, kind of shared those experiences with me. So that was my next step. That was the dramatic leap. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm hearing some resonance. There are other dancers in this company who I have heard a very similar tale. So it, it seems as though the the more we think about it, the more global the dance world is. Definitely. And many of the same paths lead to San Francisco Ballet. Yeah. So then after you finished at the Cranko School, you ready for work? I, I was ready for work, but my body was not. Um, so I think, I think, you know, 
dancers are, are usually very kind of type A personality and have things planned. And um, I had planned to dance in Stuttgart and I had an ankle injury when I graduated. And so I decided to come back to the States and have surgery here and then kind of regroup and go back to Europe. Um, but things didn't really work out that way, which is usually a happy accident. Um, so I came back and I um, had surgery, kind of recovered, and while I was getting back in shape, a friend of mine was dancing in Sarasota, Florida, and said, I, you know, can you come down and work a bit, and I need a partner, you know, you can get back in shape and then be really ready to go back to work. Because um, it's really hard when you're recovering from an injury to just be taking class and doing physio. It, it doesn't really prepare mm -hmm. you for work. So I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll do that for a very short time and I'll go back to Europe and, you know, get back to it. Um, but I went to Sarasota, which I hadn't heard of before. And so I was kind of not sure what I was getting into, but it was a smaller company. Um, and I kept getting these opportunities and promotions and just felt like I was in a really kind of nurturing environment. Mm -hmm. um, I think sometimes the upside to being in a small company is that you get a lot more attention um, just by mere numbers. Sure. Um, so I was really getting a lot of attention that I felt was really valuable for me at the time and getting to dance roles that I felt I might not get to dance until later on in my career. So I stayed there for a while, um, and then I decided, okay, now I'm, I'm ready to kind of move to the next, my next company, and kind of, I felt like I had kind of outgrown mm -hmm. my surroundings, and, but I had changed my mind and didn't want to go back to Europe at the time. Um, I think maybe because I had been away for so many years, it was, I really enjoyed being closer to my family, even though I was, you know, they were in Arizona and I was in Florida, but, so I decided, okay, let's try somewhere else in the States. And I went to Houston Ballet at that time. And we are familiar with Houston Ballet for a number of reasons, mm -hmm. including the director, Stanton Welch, who has created works for San Francisco Ballet over time. Stanton actually went to San Francisco Ballet School mm -hmm. And um, I think if we really dove into it, I probably taught ballet history to him. <laughs> that takes us way back. Um, so then in Houston, you found yourself in that larger environment yes. by a little bit. Mm -hmm. And repertoire, what kinds of repertoire did that throw at you? It was really exciting because um, predominantly the repertoire that I had been dancing in Sarasota was a lot of English, lots of um, Macmillan and Ashton and um, kind of early, the director was, um, he was from Royal Ballet in Birmingham and so he brought a lot of that rep so that um, coming to Houston there was a little bit of familiarity with kind of doing Manon and those kind of ballets but there was a lot more contemporary, um, lots of Killian and lots of new works, working with you know people that like Yorma Ello and Azure Barton that I wouldn't have been able to work firsthand with in a smaller company. So I feel like that kind of broadened my my um, scope and kind of pushed my comfort zone a little bit in a good way. 
So we're almost here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How many years did you spend in Houston? Um, six, six. Six years in Houston. So that's a good time to establish <clears throat> yourself, get um, settled into some roles, yeah. and move up the ranks. Yes. So um, you finished there at what rank? Soloist. So you were a soloist there. I was there. a soloist, and yeah, I think it was a really valuable place for me, and I had a lot of opportunities. Um, kind of like I said, I was, you know, you never know what to expect going into a new company and a bigger company, and so you kind of try and feel it out, but I think I, um, I found a, a good place there and had a good relationship with Stanton, and so I was, I was offered a lot of opportunities, and um, it really became very comfortable for me personally and professionally because I also met my husband there. And that's pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> that has a tendency to anchor a person. Yeah. So um, then just leaping ahead, what's the move to San Francisco? Well, that's, that was kind of why I mentioned the husband, because my husband is Joseph Walsh. And we were dancing in Houston, not necessarily together, but um, in the same company. And um, so he had kind of had those feelings that I had had before and kind of ready for his next step. And he was really wanting to come here, which of course I was, you know, I was excited about um, for him because, you know, kind of like I said, it was kind of my beginning and kind of, you know, that first company that I kind of fell in love with. And so I was excited. and. But personally, I was kind of in a place where I was getting to do a lot of principal roles and, you know, getting to do a lot of work. So I was kind of like, uh, let's do this. Let's, you know, we were kind of at different places at the time. And so he decided to audition and was offered a position here. And I stayed in Houston for another season. So I'm sure that um, we've all seen the movies and read the novels, but the long distance romance and the changes in each of your circumstances must have been pretty challenging. It was challenging in, yeah, it was challenging in several ways, but I think obviously in hindsight, it's, it's easy to say, oh, this is a great experience. And, um, but I do think that it really did kind of solidify um, what we wanted for our careers as individuals, um, because I think when you are in a dance relationship, you kind of merge your your lives completely. You're kind of together 24 hours a day. Um, and although Joe and I don't always partner together, we do occasionally. You still are kind of you know peeking into mm -hmm. your rehearsals, and it, it does become kind of a shared experience. And so I think it was valuable for us to kind of say, okay, this is what I need in my career and this is what I need, and are those gonna line up, and how are we gonna make them line up? Um, so I, I, really, I really thought it was a good experience, and I think that I had experiences that year in Houston that I, you know, I really cherish. So I think that it luckily worked out, and a position was available, and I was offered it here at a time when I was ready to come. So I think that it's nice to be back together. <laughs> well, it seems like a happy ending for us as <laughs> yeah. well. So let's turn to your career here and dancing here. What roles has this audience seen you in now since um, they've, they've only had the chance to see you since 
Nutcracker, really. Right. Um, well, in the Nutcracker, I did um, Snow Queen and the Grand Pas de Deux. Um, so that was a fun premiere for me here after so, you know, so long. Having seen it here. Exactly, when you <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that was really exciting for me. Um, and then I've had a lot of opportunities already, and I um, got to do the principal role in um, Ruby's, and I've danced in um, Helgi's Seven for Eight, and uh, Liam Scarlett's Fearful Symmetries, and Capelia. I, I've been in most, I've been pretty lucky, I think, and I've been kind of involved in most programs so far. Swan Lake gives a lot of soloists an opportunity to do special things. What we might, what might we yes. have seen you in in Swan um, Lake? I was in uh, the Pas de Trois in the first act, oh. and also in Russian in the third act. Two of my favorite parts. Yeah. <laughs> that Russian dance is so know, special. So the Just music love is so great. Uh, so You've danced the range. Mm -hmm. One of the things I love to ask a dancer that I'm just getting acquainted with is, what kinds of roles do you favor? What do you like to do? And it's not necessarily the same answer. What do you find harder and what e easier to do? So the roles might be the modern rep mm -hmm. or the classical rep or uh, the Balanchine rep or characters telling stories, so um, play with that. <laughs> I think I like, I think my kind of um, personality and my kind of um, kind of body and is more, I lean easily towards kind of the gushy potatas and kind of mushy rolls, um, but I, think that I really enjoy being challenged, and so I really like to have a range. And I guess at, at, um, what I enjoy is really just kind of finding the story in any role, mm -hmm. because I, I think that whether it's Balanchine or contemporary or a classical ballet, you, you are always telling a story. And I feel like the technique is, is really important, and that's what we train so many years for, and is to kind of, you know, fine-tune our bodies to be as technically advanced as possible. But I think, it, you know, what I enjoy most when I'm watching a performance is what that dancer is trying to say. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a story ballet necessarily where, okay, she's the white swan and she's expressing this emotion. and. It, you know, it can be something like tonight with dances at a gathering where there's really not a story, but you're watching this person and you're trying to understand what they're expressing. And I feel like that's, that's the most interesting to me is when I can mm -hmm. be confident in what I am trying to express and hopefully translate that to an audience. For those of you who've come in after we started, I'm in conversation with soloist Lauren Strongen. And because she's new to the company this year, we're just getting a sense of how we're going to be seeing her performing over the next few years, <laughs> next few months. Um, thinking about this program tonight, and or this repertory program, and I believe that you have a role in Swimmer. Yes. Uh, is, talk about doing something like Swimmer. How did, is this something you've enjoyed? Um, you were not here for the, to have it created on you. Right. So you had to 
excuse the expression, dive in. Um, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I was able to see Swimmer last year and really fell in love with it. And I hadn't seen much of Yuri's work and I hadn't seen anything live. So I, that was my first experience and I just was blown away by what he, he really has a special gift to kind of create this world that you get to experience for a time. And maybe not all of it is makes sense. It's a little surreal, it's, you know, but I really enjoy how um, he really creates a separate world of his own in his work. And so I was really honored to be able to be included this time. It does, how does it compare movement challenge-wise with other pieces by contemporary choreographers that you've had to undertake? Um, I, I feel like it has, it does have a classical base, especially, you know, this role, Lolita is on point, and so I think that there is still that. Sorry, which role is it uh, you take? Lolita. The Lolita part. Um, For those of you who have seen it, that makes sense. For those of you who haven't, it will make sense. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, so I think that that is an, a unique, you know, he is has a Russian technical background, and so I think he brings that to his choreography. Um, but in a really kind of inventive way, I think his partnering um, is really unique and challenging. And so that's been kind of fun for me to experience and to be able to kind of jump into a story, especially one that so many Americans are familiar with and to try and kind of um, give it justice and kind of help tell that story. How many of you have not seen Swimmer? Oh, wow. We really can't see anymore, can we? <laughs> Um, before we open it up to a couple of questions from the audience, is there anything fun or special that we can look forward to throughout the rest of the season for you? Um, I'm really excited to be involved in Justin Peck's new work. That's, that's been a fun experience. I think that working, um, being in the studio during a creation is always exciting. Um, and I, I'm really excited for Onyegin. Uh, at the end of the season as well. So I'll be doing Olga. I'm, oh, you will be doing Olga. Oh, wonderful. Glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, had you ever had an experience with Cranko? Well, because I was... Besides being in, in the school. Training there. Yeah. yeah. Um, he had obviously passed away by the time that I was in school, so it was all kind of... All the dancers, and it was kind of... It's still so present in, in mm -hmm. the school and in the company there, so it is a very comfortable... Um, technique for me, and I really enjoy dancing his, his ballets. Well, we will look forward to that. Um, if you have, we have saved four minutes for questions. Please raise a hand and let me try to identify you. Any questions you might have for Lauren? Sure, go for it. When you were in Florida, what uh, Ashton and McMillan um, Let me re repeat the question. What Ashton and McMillan roles did you do during the time in Sarasota, Florida? I did a number, but I, um, I danced in The Two Pigeons. I did principal role in that. I danced uh, McMillan's Las Hermanas. And 
We did also um, elite syncopations. Yeah. And then I, I did an, um, also facade by Ashton. So it was it, quite a bit. Yeah. Wide range. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. Fun, fun works. Other questions? Yeah. What does the San Francisco? You, what does the San Francisco ballot? Ah, okay. I. What does what did San Francisco ballet mean to you, and right. have your expectations been realized? I think definitely as a child, it was kind of the top company in, in America for me, um, because of its wide ranging rep and just the diversity of the dancers, and I just, I always really admired um, Helgi's choices and his work, and kind of, it just always felt like it was a little bit cooler than other companies. Um, and so I think that that was always kind of a, like a draw for me. When I got here, I still had those feelings. And I just, I think that San Francisco is so unique in the fact that there are so many individual artists and it's a company where I feel like everyone is really um, encouraged to be an individual and not to try and, you know, do the role the same as someone else before them or in another cast. And I think that that really shows when you see multiple performances and get to experience just how many special people there are here. So I think that that was really exciting for me to kind of be part of firsthand, and so I'm, I'm definitely, I think, exceeding expectations of, of um, the company. That's fun to hear. I think we have time for one more. Seriously. Yes. A little what? louder. I started when I, I went on point when I was 12. The question was, when do you start point shoes? But it's a little bit different for each each dancer, and it was very kind of just doing things very um, safe at the bar and then kind of building up. It's always a magic, magic moment. It is exciting. It is. <laughs> I wrote an essay in the seventh grade and got an A on it. It was called Pink Satin Promises. <laughs> <laughs> None of the pain, right? Oh, no, no. <laughs> Didn't know about the pain yet. Right? The hard work. Lauren, it's been just a real treat. I know the audience has enjoyed getting to know a little more about the person who they see dance. I know that you'll all enjoy this evening's performance a lot. And I hope you'll all go to the website to check out the excitement there. And we look forward to seeing you again in another couple of weeks for Program 6. Thank you very much.